remember on Sunday when I asked Mike Tomlin up in Orchard Park after that 38-3 loss if he'd be open to making changes, significant changes, starter changes. Yeah, about that. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates, where you found this. Tomlin's press conference yesterday yielded oh, almost exactly the amount of change that I thought it would, and it yielded exactly the same defiant, boring, old, stagnant attitude toward the outside criticizing the Steelers that I was sure that it would. That's really all that happened. That's that's really just about it. On the change front, here's what occurred. DeMarvin Leal was slid up the depth chart over Isaiah Loudermilk because, I, I guess because Leal had actually been participating in the games and Loudermilk's yet to even get a hat. This was the change. This was it. This was the change that occurred at least to our knowledge, between getting smashed by the Bills, to borrow Tomlin's own words, and this press conference. Tomlin was asked about his confidence level in Matt Canada. I'm confident, but confidence means very little. Um, It's what's on tape. Um, And and so we understand that. We understand the nature of your questioning. Uh, That's just where I'm at with it right now. I'm not changing for the sake of changing. I'm changing if I feel like it produces a better desired outcome in any area. And so we're looking at those things. We're open to those things, but but not in an effort to to quell the masses or anything of that nature. See, I'm sorry. Even if you're Matt Canada's only fan in the world, you'd have to be able to see through that remark as what it is, which is just plain BS. He knows, and I'm going to put that in all caps, boldface with little fireworks shooting out of the K-N-O-W-S. He knows that people inside his building are disillusioned, disappointed, and really probably at this point ready to disregard whatever it is that Canada instructs. 14 games in a row without a first quarter touchdown. Dead last in the National Football League in yards per play. And now, officially, formally, across the board, out of excuses. This is his third quarterback, one of whom is headed to Canton. Mitch Trubisky came in. Mitch played badly. Kenny Pickett comes in. Kenny's played well. The offensive line was supposed to be the other crutch. I thought it would be, but it hasn't been. The pass protection's been very good. Run blocking can still be better, but they've hardly been some uh, catastrophic mess that a lot of us, myself included, had feared they might be. He's out of excuses. He is not on this planet of 7 billion people the best qualified individual who's available to be the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this head coach knows it.
What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. And yet he's comfortable on a Tuesday afternoon with his team one and four trying to paint this as some there's some sentiment of a group of villagers with pitchforks and torches. And it, it, why? Why even say such a thing? What's the benefit to that? Do you really think? Do you really think that he thinks that the Canada issue is a media concoction or a fan concoction, depending on who exactly he was referring to? Because he didn't make that specific. My guess is it's a bit of both. Do you really think that he thinks that? No, of course you don't. That's disingenuous bordering on lying. Now, let me ask you this. Do you really think that he thinks that Canada is the best guy to draw up plays and call plays this Sunday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Never mind the two opponents that are coming after that at Miami and at Philadelphia. And just wait till they see the Dolphins and the Eagles, because that might be Bill's part two and three. Do you really think that this intelligent man, which he most definitely is, thinks that? No, of course he doesn't. So what's he doing here? What's the motivation behind keeping this guy, meaning Canada? I have a couple of theories here, and I'm going to throw them at you. One is that he just doesn't want to make a change of that scope leading into three really difficult games leading into a bye. You following me here? If he knows he's going to get thrashed or he thinks he might get thrashed, the time to roll somebody under the bus justifiably would be after the third of those thrashings and then during the bye week when you can make a reasonable transition to somebody else, right? Okay, that's one theory. It's all it is, though. It's a theory. Here's another one. And man, I'm worried that this one is it. In fact, it might be it. And that's that Tomlin has someone who's taking pretty much all of the heat, not all of it, Some of it's going to him, obviously. Some of it's going to Terrell Austin now, even, the defensive coordinator. But the lead villain in this act right now is Canada. And when you're in charge in football ops, which is what Tomlin is, he's the de facto GM and everything else, you only have so many midseason bullets you can fire off before people start looking at one person at one individual. I'm not coming within a solar system of suggesting that Tomlin's job is in jeopardy. It isn't. It won't be. However, his job is a little bit easier when everyone hates the other guy that much more, including in-house. Oh, you know what? I've got a third one. Maybe they can make a change and we don't even know about it. Think about that. We've seen that on defense. 
We've seen it on defense. Who do you think is the coordinator? Who do you think is calling the signals? Now, it's a little different with offense because, you know, the coordinator is up there in the box. We can all watch him. The TV cameras get him. And if Mike Sullivan's suddenly calling plays, we'll all be able to see it. But that doesn't mean that during the week, Sullivan couldn't become more influential or other figures within the team or Tomlin himself through the classroom settings, through the planning sessions, through the breaking down of film, because you can trust at this point safely that the person with the title offensive coordinator has no idea in hell what he's doing. When we come back, J1Q. Steelers is brought to you by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. They are the one, the only, the premier destination in Pittsburgh for craft beer. More than 500 craft beers available, more than 350 of those local, and more than 80 of those on tap. Mike's can't be topped, not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's J1Q comes from Yancey Jenkins, who asks, DK, did the Steelers forget how to blitz? Can we not generate any pressure on opposing quarterbacks? I need Joey Porter back on the staff to show these dudes how to get it done. You know what, Yancey? I'd take Joey Porter instead of Malik Reed right now, an outside linebacker, not to be mean. But has anybody even noticed Reed, like, at all? It's one thing to not have T.J. Watt. No one's expecting anybody to be T.J. It's another thing to look over at Alex Highsmith, see that he's gotten some sacks, not necessarily consistent hurries, and judge him accordingly. But Malik Reed isn't even a isn't even visible. You you don't even notice that he participated. It's it's wild. But yeah, I mean, blitzing would slash could make a difference in this regard. And when your defensive philosophy is structured on the premise of getting to the quarterback, and it is, that hasn't changed. That hasn't changed from Dick LeBeau to Keith Butler to now. That's a that's not even a Mike Tomlin staple. That's a Bill Cowher and probably going back to Chuck Knoll. They love to blitz. The Steelers love to get in people's faces. It really took off under Cowher. And if you go back to the only good half of football that this team's played in 2022, what was happening? Yeah, they, they went gangbusters after Joe Burrow. They were flying to the football, all of them, even the secondary guys. It was beautiful to watch. Now, you're not going to have four interceptions and seven takeaways every game. So that was going to be outlandish no matter what, even if TJ had stayed healthy. But you had something. You had an identity. You had a personality. And more important than that, you had the football. And this team needs the football because they're not going to get it and possess it 
on their own, not with that guy at coordinator. So what's happened? Why have they stopped blitzing? Again, you can keep coming back to the same concept when it comes to this version of Tomlin. And I'm not sure when he flipped his own switch that he became so obviously cautious with everything, offensively and defensively, that he now can't take any risks at all. Everything is dictated by the opponent. When I asked him a couple of times over the course of this season about not throwing to the middle of the field, he'd come back with the name of the safety they were trying to avoid. And while I understand that that's smart, I also understand that forfeiting an entire slice of massive critical territory for the duration of an entire NFL game is one whale of a concession to be making. It makes defending the rest of the field so much easier because you're afraid of this one patch. I don't mean to get off the subject here, but that's what this is about. I really believe that. He doesn't have TJ. He doesn't think he can get to the quarterback. So he's trying to compensate with other things. And listen, I'm going to say this again. Just because he doesn't say in a press conference that Canada's role has been reduced or changed or whatever doesn't mean that it hasn't already happened or that it won't happen. He might just not want to lose a guy who knows the playbook and can do a lot of the grunt work. And there's a lot of grunt work involved when it comes to preparing for an opponent. Bringing in someone from the outside to do such a thing in week six is a little problematic. But on defense, I'd say that's doubly possible. Between Tomlin and Brian Flores, who never saw a blitz he didn't love, by the way, meaning Flores, you could very easily see a change and not see it. Follow me here? I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. (laughs) 